Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. Hello, Steelers Nation. Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Monday and Wednesday by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. And today, well, the 2023 season is finally upon us the new league year starts now the pittsburgh steelers sent out a tweet at like 11 59 last night they were like wait it's time for the new journey kansas city chiefs are the super bowl champions a uh, very questionable call that we'll get into late in the game juju smith schuster stole the show before and after it was a good day to be a steelers fan i would say either way you were walking away with the super bowl champion but it's a pretty sunny day out here in pittsburgh the steelers did not win a super bowl yesterday but it's all right no. Nobody expected them to win one this season anyways. Overall, how you feeling, my friend? Feeling good. Um, you know, this football season is interesting for people like you and me. Um, you're yeah. not really able to, really until the playoffs of this year, kind of enjoy football the way everyone else enjoys football. Yes. Um, so it is nice to kind of take a few weeks afterwards and actually watch some games just for your own enjoyment. Um, sad that came to an end, but it was a good playoffs. It was a fun playoffs. Um and that was as good a game as you could hope for to end it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it really was. I mean, it, I think going into that, everybody was just like, I don't care who wins. At least my thought was like, I like Jalen Hurts. I like Patrick Mahomes. I like Andy Reid. I like the Kelsey brothers. Don't really care who wins. I just want a good game. Obviously, we had both had, you know, some bets in there. So you're leaning one way or another. But overall, it was good. But you're right. Like to watch the playoffs is just like so cool. Like, like my family, sometimes they get it to a degree, but I don't think they really understand like that first Saturday after the Steelers season ends, which I don't want the Steelers season to end. Like I would love to be in Arizona and continue to cover this team. And like, you know, that would be a magical ride on its own. And we would be very blessed to be able to be part of that. But once that season ends and you get to sit there on your couch Saturday morning and like turn on countdown and then, you know, just enjoy a day of football. It, it, you're right. You're right. It's like, it's one of my favorite weeks of the year and the playoffs itself is one of my favorite times of the year. It is sad to see it go. It was a good game. The Kansas City Chiefs walked away victorious. Thought it was going to be the end of Andy Reid. He said, no, he thinks he's coming back. I don't think any Steelers fans really care about that outside of the fact that they got to play Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid again this season, which is never an easy task for anybody in the AFC. What they do care about, Juju Smith-Schuster. Big moment before the game. Big moment at the end of the game. We'll start with his entrance. Showed up in a kilt. People were not having having the kilt whatsoever. Um, 
I'm going to ask your opinion on it, but I'm just going to say nobody. I think my first thought was nobody on his fashion team was like, dude, it's green and you're playing the Eagles. Yeah. Maybe it shouldn't be green. What are your thoughts on the, on the kilt? Yeah. I don't like some of these guys. Stylists are just stealing money for him. Like <laughs> from him. Like th- this is, I don't know. I'm not, uh, not universally opposed to kilts, but man, this one, I don't know. This just wasn't it. I didn't. It was bad. And I was, I don't know. It, I think about the the green when you're facing the Eagles, but I just didn't. I just didn't like it. I felt no. like I don't know. I felt it felt over the top for over the top sake, not you know, over the top because it actually looks good or anything like that. Yes, dude. Did you see him like walking in? Did you see the video of him walking? It looks like he's like he's got like a full lean going. Like you know what I mean? Mm. The, it's like it's like you're struggling to pick mm. those feet up as you move in those giant boots. Yeah, I just yeah. I don't know, like in today's style, especially with athletes, like there was a time where I remember being in college, actually, and I wrote like how nerds are taking over sports. And it was about like how everybody was wearing the fake glasses and, you know what I mean, dressing with the the buttons all the way up and the beginning of the change it was. And I thought that was like super cool. And to see where we are today with like Kyle Kuzma showing up in an airbag and Juju showing up in a kilt, it's just. I don't know. Fashion is fashion, man. I'll never understand it. I wear a hoodie to every single one of these podcasts. I own four hats. You know, I'm just I'm just not the same, I guess. I don't have I also don't have NFL player or NBA player money. But you're right. Like, there's just well, like, like who says that? Who says, yeah, do that. My thing is that even if I did have NBA or NFL player money, I'd still want to feel like confident in what I was wearing. And I don't yes. know if I would have felt that way in a Kyle Kuzma sweater or definitely not a Juju Smith Schuster killed. Um, no, like I don't like. If I was him, I'm sprinting from the bus or with my car or whatever to the locker room. I don't yes. want like like I would not feel good about. But you know, maybe Juju does. I'm not sure. But man, I just I. It's one of the biggest days in my life. I want to show up, like not having to worry about anything else. And I yep. would I would just not. I'm not the type of person who would be able to. No, no. And like you that. see, there, there's some guys that show up like decked, decked to the nines. And I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, that's a flashy outfit. You're looking good. And then there's just some people I'm just like, like, you know, why bring that, bring that attention to yourself. I'm all about that life. Do it without looking ridiculous. You know, yeah. and Juju, he did. He looked a little, he looks a little ridiculous, but I mean, that's what, you know, people are, people are into that. I, I, I don't, I don't know. The, the real question is, Will he ever wear that again? Like, will Juju ever just go out in public in a kilt? Well, he might wear a kilt again, but he's not going to wear that same kilt. Like, no, I don't yeah. think that's what and they do. What do you do. think I that like this is like, like a one-off designer? Yeah, but like, this feels like a one-off. Like, this feels like the type of thing where a stylist picked it out for him and said, and "Juju is borrowing that outfit." That is not something that is a staple. Oh, of Juju's very true. Closet. Yeah. Very true. He does not own that after tonight. Yeah, very true. Very true. It's like the red carpet of. The NFL, I guess, would be right. those walk-ins. Yeah, I guess that's true. But that even brings up like a different, you know, could you imagine Juju walking in and that stylist being like, hey, man, we got this for you. Pulls out a kilt and he's just like, let's rock it. That hat, put it right on my head. A hundred right. those giant boots, let's rock them. It's mm-hmm. just, I don't know, man, question marks. Then at the end of the game, Juju's involved in the most controversial call of the game. It's a, it's It's the perfect game going into the last two minutes of, the fourth quarter like this is exactly what everybody wanted bring it down at that moment you were looking okay 
the Chiefs are going to kick a field goal. Jalen Hurts is going to have his opportunity to beat Patrick Mahomes in a two-minute drill to go win the Super Bowl. Like, this is what it's all about. This is what the NFL is. Then there's a whole defensive holding call against Juju Smith, or not against Juju Smith-Schuster, against James Bradbury, who was covering Juju Smith-Schuster. Super controversial. Did you did you think it was a holding call? I, I mean, both of them admitted it. Juju said, yes, 100%, and then James Bradbury said, yeah, I did grab it. I was just hoping that they didn't. They didn't give it to him. I don't think there's a question on whether or not there was a little bit of a grab. I think the bigger question is, is that just too soft of a call to make in that moment in the Super Bowl? Right. I, I think that's that's the the crux of it. It's it's not whether or not Butter the law James Badbury held Juju Smith Schuster. It's you have a Super Bowl on the line, essentially. Um, yep. Well, not essentially on the line, but it's it's you know there was a lot there was still some football to play, but it was a decisive play in the game. It was a, a again a great game up to that point. Um, I I just don't like putting that in the hands of the like it didn't no it didn't alter Juju's route at all. The ball no. was way overthrown. He probably wasn't going to catch it anyway. I don't understand making that call in that moment. Nope. Um And I think no. you gave into. Like like Patrick Mahomes was throwing that ball just to bring attention to the holding. He wasn't throwing that to try to complete a play, and I don't love rewarding that, especially in that moment um, in a game that had so many other key plays to it. Why you would – it was a choice to decide the game that way. It was. Yeah. Um, plain and simple, it was a choice on holding penalty, and it's really hard to – like, yeah, there's a million other plays that you can point to to say, well, if this had gone differently, you know, that that would, you know, the game would have ended differently. But I don't know, the, like, you can't ignore the timing. Um, it's just really hard to get around the fact that it was, yeah, a soft call at the most important moment in the game. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, I think the biggest thing, like, it was like every, I agree 100% with what you just said. In my head, First off, I was real pissed about that because I had money on the Eagles. I was going, I was like, let's go. Philly's about to win this. I was feeling so good all night. And then to have it end there was ridiculous. You know, it's another year of the refs decided a huge game. How many times can this happen before you're just like, okay, let's, you know, I don't know if you could get rid of the refs, but I'm pretty positive that you could get rid of most of them and get rid of most of what they do. And I don't think it's really a question anymore about whether or not that should happen. Like, I just... At this point, I'm just like, okay, like there's just no need for you guys out on the field. You do more damage than you do good. I think the biggest thing is this. There's so much talk right now about, and I get that it's all memes and it's all jokes, but there's so much talk right now about the NFL being rigged. You couldn't have that happen if you were the NFL. Like you couldn't have a call that was that big in that moment say, okay, this is how this game is decided because now you're going to get a ton of people because there are, I mean, I'm in group chats with buddies back home who constantly are like, dude, the NFL's rigged, the NFL's rigged, and they like genuinely mean it. Like they're fully convinced that the NFL is rigged. And if I wasn't involved in the NFL, I would think the same thing. You're going to have so many people who are now like running with these memes and saying like, dude, that's did you not watch the Super Bowl? Like that's such a bogus call. And then they're going to start putting the pieces together and, I don't know. I just think that it's like it, it, it was so good up until that point, except for that weird challenging Dallas go the Dallas Goddard's catch. 
that right. like I, three plays later, which I didn't understand at all. Like you ran, you literally snapped the ball twice. How did you have that much time to chat? Like, why were you able to challenge a play again? But even that one didn't turn out, you know, in anybody's favor because they, they upheld it, which I thought was good. If they changed that, then I thought, Oh, this is huge. Right. But to have that moment where you're just like, okay, like all week long, nobody's going to be talking about how Patrick Mahomes had a comeback and won this game or how him and Andy Reid won a second Super Bowl or how good Jalen Hurts was in that game. Everybody's going to be talking about like, was that a holding call and was it too soft and should that have been made? And that's just, it's another year where the refs take center stage in these big games. And it's not always the Super Bowl, but it seems every year in the playoffs, there's just something. I don't know. I just, it was a bad call. In my opinion, I'm not throwing the flag there. And I think that it puts a really bad light on the NFL. Yeah. And I wouldn't either. And I, I just, I don't like, uh, I don't know. Should have been decided by the players. Like there was still a drive to go. The chiefs were going to kick a field goal anyway. And I would have just rather that game have been decided by the Eagles offense versus the chiefs defense. I just would have rather, you know, and then, you know, in all likelihood, the Eagles just get a field goal and then we get overtime and we get a more real. Yes. And like, like that's what you want. That's what you want. Right. Like in this game, that's what you want. You want the most dramatic ending possible. And instead, I mean, at least in my house, I was the only one sitting in front of the TV at the end of that game. Everybody else was up walking around because they already knew it was over. Like they already knew that game ended. Like you don't want that. You know, you don't want all these people to be like, oh, well. That's super disappointing. Like, and that's all they're going to talk about all week long is how disappoint. That's the conversation. You know what I mean? All these people went into work today. And me and you jumped on here. We're not talking about anything else except for this call. And that's how everybody else is going to start the conversation too. It's be like, oh, do you think that was a real, a real call? You know, I think it was a good one. Blah blah blah. Like, I don't know. Bad life for the NFL. I don't know if they ever change it. I think, but you know, most of them you could kind of look at and say like, okay, it was still dramatic. You know, the ending was still crazy. Like. Whatever. In this one, it turned a an electric game into the most boring Super Bowl outcome in a while. And I just yeah. think I was gotta be pissed. Yeah, it was just anticlimactic, not the ending yes. that the game deserved. And yeah, it was just there were I don't know. It, it was really disappointing, I think, to kind of have it end that way. You know, like yeah. Yeah, it yeah, bad call. And and just yeah, not what that game deserved at all. No. Do you think that do you think that it leads to any change? Like, do you think that at any point the I don't know what the change could be. I know that there are ways. I've had conversations with people high up who have talked about how there are ways to eliminate a lot of what the refs do. Do you think that you know that that at any moment, do you think that this maybe sparks a conversation where it's like, okay, we actually do have to consider real change here? Well, I think it's got to start with some like some kind of accountability for the refs. And I know that's like kind of yeah, a tired phrase, never but like, yeah. And like you have Roger Goodell coming out and saying that the officiating has never been better in the NFL. That, yeah, that's just protect your own lie. protect that's the shield plan lie. And it's, it's yeah. And I, I understand what he's doing, but it's, if you want this to get like, you have to acknowledge that a problem exists first of all, before you can even start to start to address it. Um, yep. And we're still a long way from even acknowledging that. Well, not we, the the kind of yeah, the league. Like football, the guy yeah, who's league. in charge. Yeah. Right. The people who can actually do something about it are a long way from even acknowledging that there is something wrong with how they are officiating the game. 
Yeah, it stinks. It stinks because that's just it's it's like everything. It's like everything with a with a governing board. You know, you you don't get to make any of the calls even when you know how bad it is and how it needs to be fixed. And in this instance, you have a majority of the fan base who's going to sit here all week long and talk about how it's the refs got to go. Like, I don't know anybody who's sitting around rooting for the refs these days. Very yeah. few people, if if anything. Yeah, it's uh it's a rough time. All right, let's talk some more Pittsburgh Steelers football here. Cam Sutton made headlines, at least for our site yesterday. Uh, he's catching some traction here as he's his contract set to void and free agency is almost upon us. His contract is reportedly set to void on Friday, which means that the Steelers have five days to re-sign him before he becomes like an official free agent. On top of that, their last contract with him had void years in it which means that they're going to lose $2.1 million in dead cap this season if they do not re-sign him by Friday. On top of that, the Minnesota Vikings, who hired Brian Flores, and that's why I think the connection is there, and the Detroit Lions, who could use cornerback help, have both been linked to Cam Sutton targeting him heavy this offseason. I think both teams make sense, especially with Flores there. Do you think the Steelers have a sense of urgency this week to say, hey, we got to get a deal done by Friday. We can't take any risks because it can't Sutton. Or do they let it walk and kind of be patient and, you know, go as their plan usually goes in the offseason? Well, I think they better have a sense of urgency because I think, as we've talked about before, Cam Sutton is one of, if not the most important, uh, I guess, piece of the offseason checklist, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term. You know, the thing that they need to do this offseason – that is probably the most important to their 2023 success. Um, they're a thin at corner and they need all the help they can get. And they especially need high end talent at the cornerback position. That is Cam Sutton. Um, Cam Sutton had a fantastic year. He earned the money that they would have to play, that they would have to pay him. Um, I, I hope they have a sense of urgency about it. Cause I think they really need him. Yeah, me too. I, the, the difficult part here is that they are $1 million over the cap space. So they have $1 million to work with. They got to make a move before then. And I think that that pushes the envelope of guys like Mitch Trubisky and William Jackson of just saying like, okay, well, we have to get rid of you either right now or we have to wait it out with Cam Sutton and then put ourselves in a bigger hole because that's the thing. If the Steelers re-sign Cam Sutton after Friday, they're still hit with that $2.1 million in dead cap space. And I doubt that Cam and his agent are going to sit there and be like, oh yeah, we'll just count that towards the next one. We'll give you a bit of a discount. The Steelers are not going to do that. Our both sides are not going to do that. This is a business. They're going to look at that and say, okay, well, we're getting paid $2.1 million from the Steelers. If we signed somewhere else, we'd still be getting paid that $2.1 million. So if we sign with the Steelers, we're still getting paid that $2.1 million and we're getting paid what we would normally get paid on the free agency market. So that's not going to work out for Pittsburgh. I don't know. I, I think that they're they're tied up in Mitch Trubisky for the wrong reasons right now. So I don't know if they'd cut him by Friday. William Jackson makes a ton of sense to me to just say, hey, get get out of here. We'll save. I don't remember what the number is. It's like $11 million or something this offseason. Like, that is the easiest number you could work with. Go sign Cam Sutton. I think his market value is, I want to say it's like $7 million a year. Three years, $7 million a year. Puts him like right above Mike Hilton. I, it's just an easy call for me, and they just they just won't. If he doesn't. Signed by Friday. Are you worried that one of these teams might throw him an offer that he can't refuse? Yeah. And that's, well, 
Yes, I am. Um, and that's part of why I think you need to get a deal done this week. Um, I don't want to have to compete with another more desperate team's number. Not desperate, but, you know, another no, team. No, but de- might desperate, want. though. They're both very desperate teams. Right. Like, I don't want to have to compete with a team that really wants them to. Um, I would rather, like, they're, in a certain way, they're kind of, playing uncontested right now and they can they can they can they can make the loan offer to cam sutton right now um they can be the only one in his ear and that's why i think that's another reason why i think this week is so important for them like i don't you can't let that opportunity go by with someone who's so important to to next do you think that he wants to do that if you're cam sutton because last time Sutton was about to hit free agency market, yeah, there was some value to him, but it wasn't a ton. He didn't have a bunch of playing time under his belt. He was kind of like a real versatile piece. Nobody knew where he was going to fit. It, it, he's got a market this this offseason. Like, he would get numbers pretty much anywhere. If you're Cam Sutton, are you waiting it out? Are you saying, I want to see what happens? Or are you content? Are you listening to him? Do you believe him when he says that you know his top priority is to return to the Steelers? Yeah, I think Cam Sutton's kind of a straight shooter. I don't think he would he would say otherwise if he didn't believe it um, or say that if he didn't believe it. Um, I know he stands to make a lot of money. I don't know if like I, it, part of me feels like this, this city and this franchise would value him a little bit more than, you know, just having been able to see him up close, having been the team that, that drafted him, they would value him a little bit more than, someone somewhere else might. Um, and I think the connection to Mike Tomlin and the defense and, and all of that stuff is stronger than any connection that he might guy yeah. who coached a different position for him for a yeah. year. I I agree. I think I trust Cam what, what he says. Agents make me very nervous. You know, they always will. Those guys are all business all the time, which they should be. That's their job. And they're good. They're damn good at it. But yeah, it does make me a little nervous that if he did hit the open market, his agent would get some offers that like, I mean, like you're an NFL player and yeah, like you love the Pittsburgh Steelers, but what are the Pittsburgh Steelers offering right now? They're not looking at a Super Bowl run anytime soon. They got a lot of question marks. Yeah. They have a great defense, but they got a really nerve wracking offense. Their defense is also getting old. They got some positions that they need to fill. They have no cap space, a lot of question marks, you know, whereas in a team like Detroit, for instance, is on the up and up and they look good. And Dan Campbell is just as, interesting of a coach to play for is Mike Tomlin. And then, yeah, the Brian Flores connection might not be as strong as the Mike Tomlin, Cam Sutton connection. But again, Minnesota is, uh, is always a team that's in the hunt always. And that's got to be interesting too. And if you get a number that's huge and you're just like, well, there's, I can't pass that. It's the Mike Hilton. It's what happened with Mike Hilton. Mike Hilton hit free agency and the Steelers had a number for him. And instead the Cincinnati Bengals were like, dude, we'll give you $25 million. And he was like, well, I'm not going to turn that down. Like, I'm going to go get $25 million. If the Steelers are sitting here and they're like, well, we'll give you 22. And the Vikings are like, we'll give you 27. You're going to take the $27 million. So I think the Steelers are playing with fire right now. And there's just no, you know what I mean? Like, there's no need to not get a deal done. If you're Omar Khan, especially from what we've seen with Omar Khan. And I think that plays a role into this is he is, he has kind of changed the narrative in Pittsburgh the last season of how they do business instead of being calm and super relaxed on everything. Like there's some sense of urgency. And I think in this instance, like maybe they make a move. Do you think it's, it would be William Jackson if they had to cut somebody this week, do you think it would be William Jackson? That went. Yeah. Um, he's the most obvious one. Uh, I don't think they're ready to make a decision on Mitch yet. Um, no, which is ridiculous. They, yeah. They're going to string that out for as long as possible, I think. But, um, 
yeah, William Jackson makes the most sense to me. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get rid of him and so, move on. So and what is a if you are thinking about a number for Cam Sutton and you're the Steelers? Are you thinking it's you throughout? You know, twenty two. I'm giving him. I'm giving him seven. Yeah, I'm giving him seven a year. I'm giving him. He's twenty seven years old right now. If if I'm the Steelers, I'm giving him three years. That'll give to, that'll give him to thirty. Most cornerbacks fall off after thirty. So I would give him I would give him three years, seven million dollars a year, maybe seven and a half, depending. Um, I'd I, I wouldn't load the back end. I would I would keep uh, their deals. A lot of them are load the back end. Cam Sutton's a, a proven commodity. You give him a deal. You let him. You you pay him equally throughout the the process, and then you know you set it up as the Steelers usually do, where the cap space isn't real. And you're able to, you know, that's $7 million that you could turn into a signing bonus and save yourself $6 million a year. And, you know, you'll feel very comfortable with that $6 million a year. And then it'll get paid on the front end. Like it's, I I think that's the thing. Like people get like hung up on contracts. If you backload a contract, you're, you're, you know, it's, it's good and bad because if you push it out too far, like the case of miles Jack or Mitch Trubisky, where they're entering the last year, of their contract you can't do anything about that. You know what I mean? Like you can't extend him and change it into a signing bonus with Cam Sutton, you know, year two, you need cap space. You just revert it into a signing bonus. Give him a million dollars. Boom. It's a $1 million cap hit, you know, for the upcoming season, huge number. So yeah, I'm giving him seven, maybe seven and a half. Um, and I'm feeling good. I'm getting rid of William Jackson. I'm probably keeping a Kello Witherspoon. I'm getting rid of James mm-hmm. Pierre. I'm keeping Levi Wallace, and then I'm going to go get a corner in the draft. That's my that's Easy my piece. plan of attack. Yeah. Then win a Super Bowl. And, that's and it. then go win a Super Bowl. And, you know, feel real good about it. I just think that mm-hmm. that's it, you know? And I think the same with uh, Terrell Edmonds. Like, I would go sign Terrell to, you know, $4 million for the next three seasons. That's good money for a safety that's not going to go get paid pretty much anywhere else. I'd try. That gives you enough money to try to get DeMonte KZ back. And then your secondary is pretty much taken care of. And then you go solve the defensive line, which is a way bigger issue for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But yeah, you know, yeah, I just don't, don't want to have to worry about corner. Like, no, exactly. Like you have the opportunity to in the first time in forever, like mm-hmm. for as, as long as, I mean, you didn't grow up a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Like I have been through the mud watching these <laughs> cornerbacks. It is, it's been Ike Taylor, nobody until Joe Hayden. And even Joe Hayden at two years before it was just like, okay, Joe Hayden's getting old. And then it was back to no, but now it's Cam Sutton. And, you know, that gap in between Taylor and Hayden was long, long. People, you know, I was I was scrolling through uh, I was scrolling through Madden a couple of days ago. I'm looking at the free agency market and Ross Cockrell shows up and I'm just mm-hmm. like, wow, that guy's still around, huh? And mm-hmm. didn't think he would make it very far after he left the Steelers. But, yeah, it's it's an opportunity to kind of solidify that group, even if you got to, like, you know, go extend Levi Wallace for another season or two and just like give yourself a cornerback room and then go build the rest of it. And I feel like you're like really good. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, much better situation than if you go into free agency without cam Sutton signed, then you are, you're in trouble because then at that point you might have to pay that guy $8 million. You know, cam Sutton by no means should take a hometown discount. He he doesn't, he's played too well to take a home hometown discount. Terrell Edmonds on the other hand, he's a guy that maybe should. Yeah. You're either paying him $8 million or you are relying on a rookie to start and play a yes. ton of snaps right away, which I yes. don't like either. And you don't have an inside corner. Like at that mm-hmm. point, you're just like, 
there's just the things that Cam Sutton could do, man. Like it's just, mm-hmm. you know, you that is a piece where if there is a hole, he's your option to fill it. And yeah. that's there's no better, you know, ability. Uh, uh, the best ability is availability, mm-hmm. in the words of Mike Tomlin. And, you know, that's what Cam Sutton is. All right. With that one, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk, and find us anywhere you get your podcasts. Find all of mine and Steven's work at allsteelers.com, and we will be back on Wednesday. Shout out Juju, Super Bowl champion. Peace. 